just for a few minutes, I want to think about Hebrews 2.9 with you a little bit and pull some glories and wonders and mysteries from that. If you want to look it up, if you have a Bible, it'd be great if you could follow along. I will whet your appetite for it by asking, do you love art? Do you love paintings? I don't so much as like painting myself or even walking around an art gallery, but I think there is something really marvelous about seeing a beautiful painting. The way color and texture and perspective is used to influence us. A few of the guys who live with me at uni recently bought a painting, and this painting is of two men, and they're walking down this road together. And the painting is so interesting because with each angle you look at it with each perspective a little bit more is revealed so if you look at it from the right you see a man he's got his hand out he's got kind of half a smile he's wearing a flat cap but if you look at it from the other direction you see the other guy and he's kind of quite glum and he's kind of just getting on with it and the writer in this verse that we're going to be looking at it's on the screen you could say is like a painter And with every stroke of his brush and every detail he gives us, he's building us up to this big picture, and it's a picture of the cross. And when we step back and look at the whole verse together, we see this beautiful piece. So let's read Hebrews 2.9 together. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of his death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. That is the full picture. That is what the writer is bringing us to see. And in doing that, he shows us two main details. Number one, Jesus was made low. And number two, because he suffered, he was crowned. He was made lower than the angels. Kind of, I think it sparks two questions when I was thinking about this. Why was he made lower and how was he made lower? Well, I'm sure you know, so that he could become like us, to gain flesh so that he could die. That's why he was made lower. And if you remember back to Genesis, sin has entered the world because of Adam's sin. And so now all of us are cursed with the curse of sin because we're descendants of Adam. And because God is holy, he cannot have anything to do with sin. And so we are separated from us and from him and his wrath burns against us. We're enslaved and we're cursed to sin because it brings death and destruction. But the writer goes on to say, by the grace of God, Jesus is made lower. Paul in Philippians 2 describes this as he was found in human form. And here's a great mystery. He retains all of his godliness. He becomes low, but yet retains his essential character. He is God. We find it very hard to get our kind of heads around this. But he comes because of our separation and because of our fa- his father's grace, his undeserved favor towards us. He comes as fully God and fully man. So we're clued into this big picture. He's made lower so that he may suffer and so that he may taste death for us. I think it's interesting that the 
writer to the Hebrews, he, he includes this little phrase in there, little while. It's interesting because it's emphasized, because he could have said, but we see him who was made lower than the angels, but he doesn't. He says, little while. He puts this time duration on it. And that's interesting because it shows this temporary form taken by Jesus. And so he only needed flesh to fulfill what he came to do, to give his life as a ransom. He takes flesh in order to taste death. So that is the first glimpse of this big picture. I wonder what you think of when you think about coronations and crownings of a monarch. It's, an event, it's a majestic event. Thousands gather in the street. There's a ceremony. Foreign dignitaries bring gifts. They turn up. We, uh, we get a day off work, which is always good, um, though we haven't actually had one in 66 years. But this, this contrast we see here, I think, is really awesome between the descriptions of Jesus being made low and then this description of Jesus being crowned with glory and honor. And it points us to the big picture of the cross again. We are separated. He was made low so that he could taste death. And now he has advanced to the highest dignity in heaven. He is crowned. He is the top. He is the goal, the end, the ultimate, nothing above him. It is all about Jesus. And he has made all these things because of his suffering, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of his death. And this big picture, again, is shown too. The cross is central to God's plan to reconcile us, to bring us back to himself. What a gracious God we have. We can do nothing to earn it. And yet he plans and prepares the way for Jesus to come into this world and then raises him to glory and bestows absolute honor on him. Most men die instantly. Some suffer more than others in death, whether it be sickness or struggle. But no man has tasted death in the manner that Jesus did. He tasted everything about him about it. He was the absolute standard of perfection before his father, but yet he tasted the physical pain of nails and spear and thorns in his flesh. He tasted God's wrath being poured out upon his head. He tasted the curse of sin and death by becoming that curse. So that for you, friends in Eden Derry this evening, so that you no longer have to taste death, but you can have life because he has done that on your behalf. And because of that, he is raised to have dominion over all things. It is all about the cross. It is the big picture. So because it is Christmas, the Christmas point, Christmas is all about the cross. He came to give his flesh to taste death for us. And so he was born as man so that he could have this flesh, a fleshy head where the crown of thorns could be pressed and beard that could be pulled as the soldiers mocked him and ribs that could be crushed and broken when the spear was thrust into his side and the blood and water flowed out and hands and feet where nails could be driven in so that he would hang on the tree becoming the curse bearing all of God's wrath 
And this is why Christmas is massively important. Because he's born as a baby in order to fulfill God's purpose of giving him to death. So that now we don't have to die, but rather we can be united to him. Our sins can be forgiven. We are now made righteous and God's wrath has been tasted and completely drank down by Jesus. It is all about the cross. That is what Christmas is about. Don't make it simple fun for the children or even yourself. It is so much more. He didn't come to just make everything nice and comfy and content and cozy and warm. He came to open access to the Father so that you could be united to him and your soul could be eternally satisfied. Stable, star, shepherds, King Herod, it all points to what he came to do. So this Christmas, it is the prayer of us all at CE that you make Jesus, you make much of him by praising God for his, the birth of his son in the light of the cross. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending your son in the form of a, a little child, this little bundle of glory that would reconcile us to you. Oh Lord, give us a desire to love the cross where he tasted for us death because now we can know you and see you and find eternal joy in you. I pray that you would be present in our homes this Christmas. Give us your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.